Good afternoon, Wildcats. It is currently 4 p.m. and a stifling 94 degrees on Oh this my day. goodness, that is 25 degrees too hot. Mm-hmm, it sure is. It's a fine Monday, April 23rd here in Tucson, Arizona. Welcome to Brody and Eric's Super Sports Radio Show here on 1570 AM Camp Student Radio or to those listening on Apple Podcasts and camp.arizona.edu. I am your host Brody, Brody Dryden here alongside my partner in crime, Eric Wong. Good afternoon, Wildcats. We've got all sorts of sports shenanigans to get to this week, starting off primarily with the NBA playoffs, which are in full effect. Let's not waste any time, Brody. Let's dive right in. <laughs> Let's dive right in. How about we start off with the Cavaliers, all right? Oh, interesting, interesting. I, I just have to point out the, the biggest, uh, you know, highlight for me to them, across, apart from their 2-2 two to two series against the Indiana Pacers, is the ridiculous suits they've been wearing. Have oh, you, have you seen this? Uh, they they each everybody on the Cavaliers has a matching black black suit mm-hmm. with a black tie and they they have like the top button unbuttoned and like it, I think they're trying to mimic the Washington Wizards when they did this I don't know if it the was the funeral yeah the funeral type thing but it really it didn't work it is not it is not looking good yeah uh, so it's it's been a it's been weird LeBron's been getting a lot of shade for it because supposedly he bought all the suits for the entire team and you expect more out of uh, professional athletes I think you. Expect expect them to, to cover to come up with the swag and they, it was uh, it was not looking good it was yeah. looking like a middle school boy band talent show out yeah, there yeah exactly um so but to get into the actual series you know Cleveland Indiana they're tied up 2-2 um you know it's the 4 to 5 4 seed against the 5 seed so you know you expect the the contention there did, did you see this uh going this way or did you think uh, well i will say i was uh, i'm a big Oladipo guy i think mm-hmm. he's finally figured out his niche in the league and he's proven himself it's been quite the quite the series as you mentioned 2-2 with indiana jumping out early to that one nothing lead and then you know Cavs coming back and forth cuz it is still lebron james but i expected more um, play from the supporting Cavs roster, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I'm even though it's two two, uh, I'm gonna give it to Indiana in these next two games. I think Oladipo is gonna clinch down. I think the rest of the Cavs aren't gonna figure it out. And I think I could see this going in a six game series four two to Indiana. Wow, I I hate I hate to say it, but I I could see it too. Yeah. You know I I. <laughs> I, I'm not like a big LeBron fan or anything, but you love to see greatness work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really just not working right now with, you know, you, you think Kevin Love would kind of bring it. And, and you know, he, Kevin Love, he's not the, the worst person to, um, you know, point out because, I, you know, I think a lot of it's been um, Grant Hill, not Grant Hill, George Hill. George, George Hill, Hill yeah. he, he re, you know, you had high expectations. You know, you got Derrick Rose off the team mm-hmm. for uh, George Hill. Um, you you expect him to be really running, not running the team because it's obviously LeBron's team, but he just hasn't fulfilled, you know, all all the things they need at point guard, and I think that's really affected them. Um, because Derrick Rose is now on the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he's actually been killing it. So mm-hmm. you you could see the you could see the regret in the eyes of the Cavs giving up you know a solid point guard like Derrick Rose, something they could really use. And I and I'd say that would be a factor that could get them out of this series. You know, I would definitely agree. And like if you notice, I think uh, the biggest issue you're seeing in the Cavs is just a lack of chemistry. Uh, losing Kyrie definitely hurt. Losing one of your art, uh, yeah, not even arguably your definite second best player. And then on top of that, all the moves they made at the trade deadline, um, I think that really goes to show how much chemistry plays a factor in NBA basketball. Because mm-hmm. if you look at it, the Cavs just aren't playing with any flow. Yeah. It's uh, give the ball to LeBron, get out the way. But uh, as we know, that doesn't win 
championships and might not even get you out the first round. Yeah, so I, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. Right now I'd place my bets on Indiana, but I, I could see that, you know, it's 2-2. So yeah. it is LeBron. Anything happened. They, they clutched it out last night, um, 104-100, to 100, I believe. So I, I think that um, LeBron, you know, it, it could definitely happen, but it would not surprise me. I, I hate to say it, um, to see the Cavs getting bumped. Uh, the first round here. In it the, would the be playoffs. weird though to see LeBron not in the finals, seeing how he's been there the last what seven years. It seems like. Yeah, it, it would be really weird, and you know this would be my um, beautiful transition to saying, well, at least the Toronto Raptors uh, Raptors oh. will make it, but you know they're a two-two as well against the Washington Wizards. And I think a lot of people were sleeping on Washington. You know, Dar- uh, John Wall was hurt mm-hmm. the predominant towards the end of the season, and. Although I'd have to say it's kind of helped the Wizards in the fact that it gave Bradley Beal that time to really kind of shine. And, you know, Bradley Beal, for those of you who don't know, was a high draft pick. And then, oh, sorry, excuse me, I'm a little under the weather. But uh sound like an asthma attack out here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> water, Sandy. I need water. But uh, let's get back to sports. Let's <laughs> uh, But anyways, Bradley Beal coming up from the high draft pick and finally proving what he's worth. Um, and I think... That matchup of John Wall and Bradley Beal has proven to be a good counter to uh, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. Now, Brody Dryden, your unbiased opinion, who do you see winning this series? Unbiased, the Raptors have to do it. The Raptors have to do it. They're the number one seed. I know the Wizards have been giving them a lot. I think it'll go seven games at this point because it's been, uh, you know, very contentious. I think this... Uh, you know, this series is going to take a lot out of them and, you know, really decrease their chances on getting even to the finals, you know, if not um, taking down their chances to win it. But I just, Toronto, you know, they, they started 2-0, now they're 2-2. I know the momentum's not on their side right now. I think they're going to bring it back to Toronto. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, they're, Drake's going to, of course, be <laughs> at the game. You know, uh, they got to show out for the six god. Um, but I think they're going to do it. Although it's contentious, I've been disappointed in those losses they've taken against Washington. They're going to do it. They're going to power through. And I, I, if they face, see, that's the thing. If they're, they're going to be facing another t- team that you know is at two-two, it's either the Cavs or the uh-huh. um, Indiana Pacers. So there's, those are going to be two winded teams. But yeah, you know, wh- whoever makes true. it out of that next series, I'm looking forward to see how much gas is left in the tank. Uh, for for them. All right. Okay. So you got your Raptors, and I mm-hmm. will have to say, despite uh, the Wizards' good attempt, I'm gonna go with playoff experience and just I'm I'm gonna give it to the Raptors. But I think seven games will probably be probably mm-hmm. be the move. Yeah, I think this is like a really good um, you know statement made by John Wall and Bradley Beal, though. You know, looking to the future, you know they're still pretty young guys. John yeah. Wall is getting up there; he's like in his prime. But I think. You know, looking to the future, this this shows that um, they have the maturity to handle even at the eighth seed a, a solid, uh, um, you know, playoff playoff matchup. Absolutely, yeah, and I think it also shows just like what they need is just one more big piece, and then they've got all mm-hmm. the ta- talent to win. So really interesting to see, and I think it, this is just shows how tight the East really is. You have your one and your eight, two and two, and then you have your four and your five. But just a lot of uh, you know, the East isn't as wide as you would think Mm -hmm. uh moving on now though into the sixers miami matchup to a more uh one-sided series you have the 76ers having a 3-1 series lead over the miami heat not too surprising brody what is your take on this yeah i mean i think you know i mainly everyone expected the sixers to win they're on a roll with ben simmons joel Embiid. you know that young uh the the process uh squad there they sure are trusting in these playoffs um but I, i honestly think this is a productive um 
matchup for them. Just, you know, getting that experience against, you know, the likes of uh, Whiteside, who's like a very competitive center uh, yeah. uh, on jo- Joel Embiid and Dwayne Wade, a veteran with, you know, a ton of playoff experience. I think this is a good, you know, matchup for the 76ers to, you know, learn from, you know, get this experience in, win, and then move on to the next round, you know, with that. Because if it, they're making it look kind of easy, but I, yeah. I think, you know, so you got to give them some credit where it's due just because, um, you know, the Miami Heat, they obviously made the playoffs. They're only the sixth seed. It's not their, they're not um, the, the bottom seed or anything. I think, you know, it's it's good that the 76ers are doing well um, against them, and I'd expect them to make a deep run. I, I'd put them I, right now, I'd say... I have them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. I think that's not too difficult. At, at least, yeah, they're they're probably in the Eastern Conference Finals against Toronto for Yeah, because if you see how their breaks up, they're most likely going to beat the Heat unless they pull a 2014 Warriors and just, or no, 2015 Warriors and just totally choke on the game. But they'll probably win that, move on, and play either Boston or Milwaukee. Now, Milwaukee is the seventh seed, and besides Giannis, they really don't have anyone to compete. I think... Joel Embiid kills them on the inside. And Ben Simmons, Giannis would be a good matchup, but I think, you know, the 76ers could beat them. Mm -hmm. And then the Celtics, with no Kyrie, even though Jalen Brown and Tatum are playing well, I still think the 76ers can overwhelm them. So look for a deep run in the Eastern Conference Finals by these 76ers. Yeah, I think it definitely makes sense. You know, that Boston-Milwaukee matchup, why it's 2-2, they're... You know, very similar teams right now with the um, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving obviously out for Boston. Although they're two and seven, um, yeah, the two seed versus the seven seed, they're very even. And I think you know whoever makes it out of that ma- matchup, they'll they'll also just be kind of too winded. To yeah. you know, the morale will be you know a little bit dipping. Although getting through a playoff matchup to take on the 76ers who are just like on a hot streak, yeah. right, hungry, ready to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, and then uh, moving on to those. So in the East, it looks like we have our prediction: 76ers. Uh, well, first off, just moving on. Let's call it. So I think I have Toronto moving on. Indiana moving on over Cleveland, 76ers moving on, and I actually think Giannis is going to pull it out and get to the second round for the first time in his career. Okay. And then so that's what I have. I have Raptors, uh, Raptors, Indiana, and then 76ers, uh, Milwaukee. Okay, I could definitely see those happening, but I, I, I'm going to have to say it's going to be Toronto against LeBron and okay. the, the Cavaliers. Um, and then 76ers, and I, I'd agree, Giannis, I think, you know, obviously without Kyrie, it'll be maybe another seven-game series or something, but um, the Bucks are going to make it through. Okay, so then moving on to the West, uh, let's start with uh, maybe a surprise one. The Pelicans, who were the sixth seed, swept, not just beat, mm-hmm. four games to nothing over the uh, Portland Trailblazers, who were the three seed. And this was quite a shocker to most people. Uh, you know, no one expected the Blazers to go out right and sweep them, but the fact that they got swept, quite surprising. You had Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum arguably peaking it towards the end of the season and then just getting obliterated by Anthony Davis, really, who's the only star on that team. Uh, what, what what are you thinking about that, Brody? Because that, that is by far the biggest upset for me so far. Yeah, I think I, I had pretty high expectations for uh, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, um, especially Damian Lillard, just because of how much praise he's been getting as, you know, the most underrated superstar in the league, which I probably have to agree with yeah. Um, still, but it's just so disappointing to, to see him crumble under pressure and, um, you know, not let Anthony Davis... You know, get get through, and a sweep is just you know. Yeah, not even in a series in a sweep. Yeah, that that's just like really sad to me. Um, so I I'd look for I 
I just think the the Trailblazers. I thought they needed a, just a little fix, you know, to kind yeah. of get get to that next level, be a, a top contender, you know, up there with the Warriors. But like I in the West, but I I think they either Damian Lillard needs to find a new home or yeah, they, after this something needs to change. Or, yeah, or a major overhaul because if they can't handle one game in the playoffs as a three seed against a six seed, or that six seed with I'd say their, their second biggest star, Demarcus yeah. Cousins, being out. Uh, that that's absolutely embarrassing, and so I definitely look. Um, yeah, not good for the Pacers. Yeah, look for a big change in um, in in Portland, whether that be Damian Lillard or the the entire team itself. Absolutely, but um, I think this. You besides uh, Portland's massive collapse, huge credit to Anthony Davis. If yeah. arguably, if Harden didn't lock up the MVP, I think in the regular season, this playoff series really, really uh, goes a long way for giving Anthony Davis like a play uh, um, an MVP. Like, like, caliber. Yeah, yeah. MVP caliber player. More evidence and proof of that. Cause they were rolling before they lost to Marcus Cousins. Then he goes out. They take a little bit of a step back, but then they just keep just winning. And then the next thing you know, you sweep them. And I think it just proves how dominant of a player um, Anthony Davis is. So you have them moving on. I think it's really exciting to see. Hopefully, this proves to Boogie that you know we without him, they're making it to the second round of the playoffs. What could imagine what they can do with him? Rondo is playing like old Rondo back on the Celtics, and I think it's really exciting to see some life for the Pelicans. So mm-hmm. they're the first team in the whole playoff to move, in the whole playoff picture to move on. They will have to play the winner of the Warriors Spurs. This series not as tight. Uh, it's three one Warriors advantage even with no Steph Curry. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Spurs no Kawhi, so that makes it a little bit easier. But I will have to give credit, even as a Warriors fan, to Manu Ginobili. He came out and played his butt off last night, not liking looking like a forty year old. Played pretty solid, gave the Spurs the win, so it's 3-1. What do you think of that, Brody? Yeah, I think it was a, a pretty inspiring performance, actually, from Manu Ginobili, especially um, after Greg Popovich's wife. Um, on oh, Torch- yeah, my yeah. condol. I mean, not that Greg Popovich is listening to us right yeah. now, but huge condolences for that. Obviously, one of the greatest NBA coaches of all time. You, mm. you really do hate to see it yeah. uh, when, you know, someone passes away like that, so... Mm-hmm. Definitely big, uh, big knock to the Spurs franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- yeah, that was like devastating news uh, coming into the San Antonio locker room. The, their chances were already looking like pretty bleak against you know the the dominance of Golden State. But um, you know it's it was an, that was an emotional night, and uh, you know you love to see Manu Ginobili stepping up and um, get, getting them at least that uh, that game to to bring it back to San Antonio. Um, but you know as we saw Steve Kerr. Uh, he had to postpone a press conference until the next day. He was emotional because obviously he was coached in San Antonio by Craig Popovich. He's he was close to the family. Yep, knew um, his wife well. Mm-hmm. So it, you know it was just, it's a sad situation to see. Um, but you know with that with that being said, it, it looks like Golden State will advance to the the next round against uh, New Orleans. Um, and th- I think that'll actually be an exciting series. Do you, do you know word on Steph Curry if he'll be back? So basically, he was a hundred percent out for this Spurs series, mm-hmm. but. Um, going into the Pelican series, he'll be reevaluated, and if he can play, uh, they he'll be full go. But if not, you know they're really trying to keep it slow. And I think the Warriors still have enough, you know, with Clay, Kevin Durant, and Draymond to get to the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. So they're really trying to take Steph slow. But uh, no, uh, just know that he's day to day right now, or week to week, I should say. Yeah, yeah, and I'd say the chances are still looking pretty good. I think um, the Pelicans definitely have the momentum to. At least get one or two wins against Golden State, but you know I, I predicted the Trailblazers making a run, um, you know before the playoffs started. So who knows, you know what kind of fires in um, New Orleans 
uh, right now to, to carry them through. But it'll be a, definitely a tough test against Golden State. Um, and looking more at the top of the bracket uh, of the NBA playoffs, we've got Houston taking on Minnesota. They're, uh, that's the number one seed against the eighth seed. Houston is up 2-1 right now against Minnesota. You know, a lot of people were expecting a sweep just because of how weak the, um, you know, Minnesota, Minnesota's uh, regular season was. But, yeah. you know, that late addition of Derrick Rose, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have, like, way too much playoff experience, but he's obviously a veteran of the game. Mm-hmm. So he, he's obviously made an impact, got them that one win so far. You know, I, I think this will be an exciting series. I could see Minnesota. Um, I'd still say they, they won't uh, really win it, but I'd see, I see them getting another game. I think this is the only win they'll get. I think it's a taste for Carl Anthony Towns, and it'll make him push even harder in the offseason. Mm-hmm. But I think, though, James Harden's like, okay, enough of this. I want my rest. Goes off next two games. It's over. I see Houston taking this in five games. Uh, but I will say credit to Minnesota for pushing through and getting one win at home, not being shown up. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, Derek Rose, what he doesn't bring in playoff experience, he brings in like knowing Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. And I've, from what I've heard, he's just kind of the hard ass of the league. Mm-hmm. And so him being able to kind of teach these other guys on how to play for him and with him, yeah. uh, I think that's really valuable. And then, you know, make making Jimmy Butler feel more comfortable because they had those legendary days back in Chicago. Definitely. So, uh, But I think it's more of uh, a nice a nice little perk for Minnesota. Oh, yeah, we beat the one seed once. Let's take it on to next season and kind of keep growing because they're still a young team. Mm-hmm. Wiggins so young, Town so young. Butler in his prime, but, you know, he needs to do more because his team had higher expectations when they made that trade for mm-hmm. him. And, you know, an eight seed, you know, just happy to see them in the playoffs, but – we expected him to be more in the four or five seed range, not the eight. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I don't think this makes the series any more tighter. I think if, now if they come back and win another game, we'll talk, but I think mm-hmm. the Rockets still are firmly in the driver's seat. Yeah, I, I'd say if um, Minnesota obviously didn't have a good enough season to get a higher seed, they're the eighth seed. If they don't make it past um, the Houston Rockets, which it's not looking like they will, I, I say one of those big pieces move, whether that be um, really? a- Andrew Wiggins or Jimmy Butler. I, I see them keeping Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, He's yeah. kind of the staple right now, um, obviously huge uh, superstar. <laughs> but I think I, either Jimmy Butler or Andrew Wiggins are going to either be traded or, or get out of um, Minnesota. I don't know their contract situations. But. I think it would be Wiggins. I think uh, Butler's proven and, like, you know, they play well. But Wiggins mm-hmm. is kind of the X factor that, you know, is athletic and a lot of potential. But at a certain point, you got to turn that potential into productivity. Yeah. And no one really knows if he'll be able to do that. So yeah. I'd say Wiggins is the move. But we'll mm-hmm. see. So we have the Rockets firmly moving on from there. The Pelicans have already moved on, and we expect them to play the Warriors now, the final and most interesting series I'd say we have in the West then would be the Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Utah Jazz. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Utah has the very promising, who I believe should be Rookie of the Year, in Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Rudy Gobert, the, the Stifle Tower, the Frenchman himself, mm-hmm. against the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, and now most people are expecting the Thunder to be a 2-1-2 a two, two seed, uh, and, you know, I've really, we've seen they haven't been able to put it all together. But the Jazz uh, were supposed to not even be in this picture at all. As Brody had mentioned before, after losing Hayward and Quinn Snyder really stepping up his coaching game, mm-hmm. uh, he, the, uh, the Jazz have really exceeded expectations. And But even though in the playoffs they still were expected to lose, you know, 
the it's a four five matchup, but still people thought, oh, Westbrook, George, Anthony, so much playoff experience, easy win, you know. Mm-hmm. But now we have a two one advantage to the Jazz. I want to hear your thoughts on this, Brody. Yeah, I mean this is obviously probably the the most intense matchup uh, going on right now, most contentious, and I I expected the Thunder, although the Jazz had a phenomenal regular season, mm-hmm. especially um against all expectations. Uh, they had Donovan Mitchell has been killing it this, uh, you know, this playoff series. Russell Westbrook has really dropped the ball. You know, oh, he, yeah. He's, he's got a big uh, team behind him. You know, you expect, you know, some some leaning on each other somewhere there. But I think, you know, in their last game uh, that they lost, Russell Westbrook had two points in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you need him. You know, he's your, your reigning MVP. He's got to be out there producing, especially in clutch time in the playoffs. I think that speaks a little bit, you know, on his um, – on his character, he 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 was a young guy when he first like made the playoffs with KD and yeah. um, the Thunder. You know, early in his days, I, I expect him to you know use that experience and um, really go after it. But you know, it's it's disappointing to see there's still a lot of basketball left to play. You know, Utah's only up two to one, but um, I, I I'm still I'm gonna give it to the Thunder. It could be a seven game series, maybe six, but I think although Utah, I'm I'm kind of a a fan of theirs this year just with. Uh, you know the, those low expectations and Donovan Mitchell, who, who I also agree should be Rookie of the Year. Um, I, I think the Thunder will, will come back. Paul George will clutch it out. Carmelo will see that he's just on on that decline and he needs to make a statement fast. And hmm. you know it would it would truly be disappointing and like honestly dismantling to this um, um, Oklahoma City team as we know it. And I, I could see a, a big restructure happening yet again um, next season. Okay, that's interesting. I'm going to have to give it to Utah. So moving down, I just think we have the Rockets beating the Timberwolves. I'm going to say Utah beating the Thunder, and you have it the other way around. Mm-hmm. And then we know the Pelicans already won, and then the Warriors beating yeah. uh, the Pelicans. So kind of, I mean, everything's pretty much set in stone in our eyes. It just depends on how that Thunder-Utah matchup goes. But, you know, at least on the Eastern Conference side, the playoffs have been very exciting and, you know, nothing to mm-hmm. be disappointed at. And the West kind of, too, like no one expected the Pelicans to come out and just lay the whooping like we they did. And, you know, hopefully the Warriors uh, can come out and just finish out the series. Uh, but, yeah, really besides uh, the Thunder uh, Jazz series, it's kind of basically how we thought in the West for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, moving on from that, though. What are you thinking? Uh, has has your opinion of like who like the season awards are? Have they changed for you? Honestly, not really. Yeah. You know, I, I I'd still well actually when we had Ben Grimm on the the show mm-hmm. yesterday we we discussed coach coach of the year a little bit um, more and I I'd say um, I I would move my pick you know as Quinn Snyder from yeah. the Utah Jazz if the the Celtics get the playoff uh-huh. win you know losing Kyrie yeah who's obviously like Gordon Hayward was a star but Kyrie has just been their staple and their main guy if they can get through this playoff series I'd put I'd seriously consider um you know changing to to Brad Stevens and I likely would change to Brad Stevens hmm. from from Quinn Snyder but still keeping it very close that's the same thing for me I think mine's the same but if Utah wins, I give it to Quinn Snyder. I okay. go from Brad Stevens to Quinn Snyder. Okay. And if Toronto loses, hopefully not, I'd say Dwayne Casey's just out. Yeah. Not of Toronto, but just of oh, the yeah. of the consideration. So Definitely. I think what you're seeing now is really just a two horse race, Brad Stevens and Quinn Snyder. Mm-hmm. But both deserve to win it equally and you know, arguably Brad's uh 
Brad Stevens does more so because he's been snubbed the last couple of years. Like I don't think D'Antoni should have won it last year. Yeah. But uh, we'll just have to see how that goes. My MVP, I think, is still the same. I think it'll be Harden. Uh, most improved, who, and who knows. But, like, yeah. for the most part, you know, everything's kind of staying the same. We kind of come down the pipeline of this NBA season. But moving on from NBA talk, which there is much to do, uh, we're going to jump right into professional baseball, into the Major League Baseball Association. Uh, let's start talking about it. Bro, do you wanna, what do you want to hit first? Yeah, um first little um story that came out of the MLB this week was uh your your own team's Brandon Belt. Oh, he had, killing it. Yeah, he's he is killing it, I guess. I um but the the story that came out uh was he had a 21 pitch at bat. Yeah. And that That was long. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was very long as the longest at bat in MLB history. Um, which is absolutely crazy. It sparked a little debate on, you know, the speed of the game and, you know, yeah. speeding up um, the game. But that's just, like, absolutely crazy. So many foul balls. But also, he's on pace to hit 30 home runs this season. Oh, really? Not a player has done that since Barry Bonds. Oh, really? So, keep that in mind. He might take a while, but he'll get the results. Wow. All right. Well, we'll be definitely <coughs> uh, looking out for that. Um, also, we had our first no-hitter of the year. Oh, uh, finally. Sh- yeah, Sean Manea. He, of the Oakland A's, mm-hmm. he, he no hit uh, the the hottest team in baseball, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, it was it was it was pretty crazy. Um, nothing, uh, nothing to um, you know. It was just a well pitch game. He had ten strikeouts. I, I absolutely. Believe. So uh, Sean, Sean Manea, the uh, a no hitter. You said not a perfect yeah, game. No, no oh, hitter. I hate so, to see it. Yeah, I I think he lost the um, perfect game in like the sixth. Or, or so. Yeah, okay. Um, but it was still a very still, exciting game. Yeah, very, pitch. very surprising. I think the Boston Red Sox, you know, in the standings, they're still number one um, mm-hmm. in the American League East. And they're number one in the power rankings, too. Yeah, so the, they're an absolute monster of a team. And it was a, a surprise. Because have you ever heard of Sean Manea? I have not. Exactly. But I feel like you hear this every once in a while, like once or twice a year in that mm-hmm. season, like, you know, some out of nowhere pitcher just kind of comes up and gives a no hitter or a perfect game or yeah. something. Random stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just really interesting. And however, I want to talk on the Red Sox. You know, unprecedented, like 17-4 and four start, best start in franchise history. You know, for those of you who don't know, the Red Sox have been around uh, longer than Jesus Christ. Like, they are the <laughs> oldest, one of the oldest franchises in American sports history. Uh, but I think, if anything, this goes to, I think this shows that Mookie Betts finally is making that serious run at MVP. You know, he's finished in the top three the past couple years as a year, you know, hot young prospect. But I think... If the Red Sox can keep up this kind of pace, he's he's going back for that like Ichiro status, like really trying to implement his name as a as an outfielder MVP of the league. So I think this might be Mookie Betts' early early take because you know we're only a month into baseball, but I'd look out for Mookie Betts to win the AL MVP this year. Okay, yeah, I, I honestly it's hard to argue. You know, at, at this point in the season, against that Mookie Betts has been a, an absolute stud. Um, the the past couple seasons, he's been on the come up. I honestly um, thought he kind of came out of nowhere, but I guess he was a a hot prospect. But um, I I'm looking for the Red Sox to kind of have a little bit of a dip. I, I'm looking for, for them, you know, to you know, they can't capitalize on this hype, yeah. this early season stuff. They're gonna get tired eventually. So I I'm sure they'll they'll go far. Um, you know, have a have a great regular season record by the end. But I'm going to look for a little struggle happening because, you know, you, you can't uh, live live on the top uh, for the whole season, especially with how long 
um, MLB seasons are. That's and, true. Uh, one thing that surprised me, their rival, the New York Yankees, they're 11 and nine. They had a, yeah. some high expectations as well, and they are they're not quite medium. Giancarlo Stanton's really been. Um, you know, not not living up to what they thought, especially what they paid for him. Yeah. Um, Aaron Judge doing all right, but still, you yeah, know, not his MVP self that he was. Yeah, exactly. So, um, bullpen hasn't quite been performing. So I I don't know what what the answer would be for them. Do, do you see the Yankees? You know, improving throughout the season. You know, getting up there. Obviously, yeah. hopefully, getting a pennant. Or do you think um, they're kind of done you know for yeah. the season it's tough to argue against uh aaron judge and john carlos stanton but right now um you know it's not looking too good but you know that's the great thing about baseball it's long mm-hmm. best and worst things so you know the first you know 50 60 games really don't matter a whole whole lot it's when you get to those last 100 last 90 80 that really start to each game starts to mean something so as long as they're staying in the hunt you know like you know five six seven games back okay close but not like crazy out of it i think they'll be all right okay yeah i I could totally see that happening i'm sure they'll hit a hot streak you know at some point during the season no telling how how long it would last but what surprises me is the baltimore orioles you know (coughs) some people expected it but the baltimore orioles are at the bottom of the al east um with a 6 and 16 record oh yeah um you know despite manny machado he's absolutely been obliterating the ball he he has been hitting third best player in baseball yeah you know everyone's expecting him to go to the yankees with bryce harper make you know um construct that super team in the bronx but i I, i'm surprised that you know that that hasn't been able to carry the baltimore orioles at all, and they, they've just been a real letdown this season. I just don't know what the Orioles are doing. I understand they want to get fair value from Machado, obviously being one of the best players in baseball right now, but he you're really just hurting his career and your own franchise because he's not getting the exposure and all these things. Like, Manny Machado is the third best player in baseball, yet most casual baseball fans don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, Machado, Harper. Like, wait, who's that other guy you said? Mm-hmm. Like, so I think they're really doing a disservice to him. They need to trade him to a major market team. And you have to accept the fact as the Orioles that you're not going to get anything close to it. You have one of the best players in baseball. You're not going to get anything close. But you can, you could do your best. You know, you could get a couple, you know, promising prospects maybe one good veteran or something but you got to give Machado the respect that his career deserves and so you can start rebuilding cuz the Orioles are just all the way in the tubes so uh honestly really hoping that they do the right thing and trade him sometime this season uh if not earlier yeah i think they will and i i could see that that Yankees move potentially happening you know they they've got the money i you know even though they kind of splurged on John Carlo this off season I, I think you know the Orioles could could see you know the um, especially as their record gets progressively worse throughout mm-hmm. the the season, which it most likely will. Um, they'll be more tempted to take on those prospects that will um, you know eventually help out their their franchise in the future. But yeah, for right now, it's a sad situation um, in Baltimore. But you know, moving down to the uh, AL West, uh, the Astros are still on top. Um, at 16 and seven, barely trailed by the Los Angeles Angels, who, you know, have been surprising. Oh my boy, Shohei Otani, mm-hmm. killing it! Yeah, he has been I absolutely. You know, I, I, I'd say awesome how how Otani has um, been performing, just the, you know, on the plate and on the mound. Mm-hmm. Um, I my my Mariners are just 11 nine below them. It's I I don't like the chances of that. You know, behind the Astros. 
and the that Angels. division is on the come up for sure. It really is, and then obviously behind the or not the not the Angels, the Oakland Athletics, right behind them, who are kind of riding this no hitter hype. Um, the the AL the AL West is looking like an exciting team. Because, you know, although the Mariners are in the mix. It's not looking too promising. They're, they still had a yeah. solid, solid start, you Absolutely. know, about what the, they um, expected and whatnot. Now, so. let's go back to that, though, in mm. this division, because obviously they're looking very promising. But uh, let's talk about this. The Angels, obviously, Shohei Otani, one of the most interesting players to keep track of with baseball right now. Um, he's obviously playing for the Angels, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of debate. Where do I put him in the lineup, you know? Well, they did an experiment where they put him at the cleanup hitter. Which, for those of you who don't know, that's the fourth spot. The theory being your first, second, third guys somehow all get singles and, you know, advance so you got all bases loaded. And your cleanup hitter, in theory, should be your best hitter in the lineup, knocking a double or a home run, get you started off going right. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're putting their bets on Otani to be the best hitter, which is bold, seeing how you have Mike Trout in that lineup. Yeah. Uh, did not go great, was not terrible, went one for four. Um, and they were playing my San Francisco Giants, took the L 4-2 to with our current ace because everyone else is hurt, uh, Johnny Cueto on the mound. Mm-hmm. And Cueto was dealing, got a nice 4-2 win over him. Uh, nice, and, you know, two ERA game is solid. But uh, I don't know, what, what do you think? Do you think Otani is, is, is destined for that four spot, or do you think he's meant to be used more later down in the lineup, maybe even a DH? Yeah, I think Otani would definitely um... – it would be better to put him either in the DH, you know, six maybe. I, I think um, especially he's a rookie, you know, that he's still getting used to the um, league. I'd, I'd say maybe I would have waited a little bit uh, longer to, you know, get let him get used to it instead because that's a lot of pressure, yeah. clean, you know, the cleanup spot. You, Absolutely. Being fourth in the lineup, it, it's a kind of a big deal. Um, so he knew a lot of eyes were on him. You know, every night you can't perform the same way, so it might have just been a little bit of inconsistency, especially some, something you can expect from a rookie. But, um, you know, I, I think right for the moment I, I would put him at six or seven because you're – you know, I, that's still such an advantage because either way, you you normally throw your pitcher just at the bottom, and um, it would be like no big deal. But now it's still somewhat of an advantage to put them um, – you know, at least, you know, put Otani 6-7. I think that would work out just fine. I mean, yeah, and then, like, I think that'll work out. And, like, as we've been saying as a pitcher, though, having a pretty good season as a rookie, three games played, two wins, one loss, and a 3-6 ERA, very respectable Mm -hmm. as a rookie kind of coming into the league and trying to figure it out. Um, And then, you know, it's just really kind of interesting how he's doing as a pitcher. Uh, And it's it's, he'll definitely kind of change the way I think uh, that – Pitchers are supposed to be seen because, uh, you know, I think uh, we give pitchers this pass on, oh, it's okay if they don't uh, play well because they're or hit well because they're pitchers. But Otani, I think, will definitely change that and make, you know, what is desired at the position. So exciting things to look at coming out from there. Uh, and then, yeah, we talked briefly on the Giants, who are not doing so hot, checking the recent power rankings, 22 in the league out of 30 teams. So, not the start we would have liked, obviously, with all the injuries. So we're hoping we can turn it around there. Mm-hmm. But uh, shout-out to the Diamondbacks. As much as I hate to say it, they're having a great season out in the NL West. Uh, I, th- I think they were, like, fifth in the power rankings with a record, what, of 16-6? Uh, and 15-6, six? Um, and six, the Diamondbacks? 15-6. Uh, 15-6, and six. 15 and six, just followed up by the Rockies. Similar to what we saw last year, Diamondbacks off to a hot start, followed by the Rockies. 
Uh, but, you know, you can never count out the Dodgers coming up. So we'll have to see what Kershaw and the boys can do. Mm-hmm. But right now they're looking at, what, four and a half games back. So we'll have to see. Still close, though, in the NL West. And that's all I think anyone's looking for if you're a team fan of a team out there. But, yeah. Yeah, I think um, the Dodgers, although they're 10 and 10 is a little bit of a rough start, especially compared to uh, um, last season, how, how stellar of a performance they had, it seemed like, on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I see the Dodgers, you know, I, I predict they get a wild card. Okay. Um, wild card getting the playoffs. I could see them, you know, somewhat making a run, but I think um, the pressure um, really kind of got to them last season. Um, with you know being uh, you know so having such a good record through the regular season, uh, w- one thing I have to point out though, I, I think the San, your San Francisco Giants they they're not getting enough credit number twenty two because like they're nine and nine and twelve record, which isn't positive by by any means. Yeah. But I think you could put a nine and twelve record a little bit higher on the power rankings. I, they're looking a little weak, a, l- a little bit of a rough start, but I see them definitely. Um, you know, transforming, you know, getting – it's a completely new locker room. Yeah. So I, I see once they get a little bit more comfortable, I, I could definitely see this team, you know, once they get past the, all those injuries, I could definitely see them yeah. climbing back up. Who, know, who knows where, where where they'll be because now that NL West is so competitive with the Rockies, Diamondbacks, and Dodgers. Um, not the Padres at all. Well, it's, it's disappointing. Eric Hosmer has not helped that team whatsoever. He's just yeah. he's out there collecting a check, mm-hmm. chilling in uh, San Diego. Yeah, I, I don't know what the Padres have to do because for as long as I can remember, they have been butt cheeks. Yeah, and um, Hosmer's a good player. Like, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, he was an MVP candidate. I don't know, uh, won his World Series ring, and now is just soaking up the sun. So yeah, so I mean, you can't blame him. Though. Yeah, no, it's, that, yeah, it's that, the Padres. That, that's the life. Um, but yeah, working our way up, you know, we got. Um, the Pittsburgh Pirates, they're they're twelve and ten right now. I, I think they they're uh, I don't know why I called the Pittsburgh Pirates out out of anybody. Yeah, but, shout um, out to Gabe Elder. Yeah, it's hard it, being a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Yeah, I think it was Gabe, Gabe Elder that um, you know made me do that. But you know, twelve and ten, I could see them doing a little bit better throughout the season. A little another little rough start. Um, first time they they haven't had McCutcheon and yeah. you know who knows how long. So it's definitely an adjustment period. Um, Probably not making the playoffs this year, but I, I look for them, you yeah. know, next year. Or something. Shout out to Gabe. Yeah. I think we got to take a quick little break, recharge our batteries. But yeah. when we come back with Brody and Dry, Brody and Eric Super <laughs> Sports Show, we'll be talking all sorts of NBA draft and NFL draft news. We'll see you right back on 1570 AM Camp Student Radio, or no Camp Camp Arizona or 1570 AM. <laughs>
And with that lovely music break, here's a quick word from our sponsors. What do you mean there's birth control in my sushi? Did you know that any medications flush or dumped down the drain could get into the environment, affecting our drinking water and even in that spicy tuna roll? <gasps> no. Instead, safely dispose unused or expired meds at UA Campus Health Pharmacy in the medication disposal drop box, no questions asked. For more information, please visit the Campus Health Pharmacy. Meds in the bin, wildcats for the win. Woo! Welcome back to Brody and Eric's Super Sports Radio Show here on Camp Student Radio, 1570 AM, or to those tuning on at Apple Podcasts and camp.arizona.edu. Uh, we're going to jump right into some Arizona baseball talk. They unfortunately got swept um, by Stanford, the number two ranked team in the nation. Um, Dang. Yeah, you, you hate to see that, but, you know, they uh, took the loss at... Um, you know, Saturday they got close. They got, they got se- close. Seven to eight. You know, could have been, could have been, because Arizona Legions was out there supporting them. Yeah, I think so. Or I think that was the day after. Oh, never Saturday. mind. Yeah, um, but you know, seven to eight. That was the closest um, they got. We'll see uh, who who scored. Who, oh yeah, br- wait. Yikes! Oh yeah, Alfonso Rivas had a, had a one banger of a home run. Oh, I remember right, okay, seeing that. Okay. Alfonso Rivas. He's kind of been carrying the team. It seems uh, this year. You know, not. Uh, not the best season, obviously, Arizona baseball's ever had. But, you know, they're getting off to an all right start. Yeah. Or um, now I think they're definitely mid-season. Yeah, yeah. So, but, Yeah, definitely true. Definitely interesting in how everything's going with Arizona baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wish the best. You know, haven't really been keeping up with as much as I'd like to. But mm-hmm. now moving on from that, hopefully they turn around. Let's jump right into NFL draft news. Oh. NFL draft just a few days away. And it's looking more and more at the top. Like, we don't know what the heck is going on. You're hearing Sam Darnold. You're hearing Josh Allen, the quarterback from Wyoming. Uh, who are the Browns going to do number one, and how is that going to affect the rest of the draft? It's kind of exciting because in the first for the first time in the first in a few years, no one really knows what the heck is going on with the NFL draft. You know, mm-hmm. who's going to be number one, and then how's that going to affect number two, three, four, five? So, like, the whole draft is kind of up in the air because you know how each team could just not any no analysts. Mel Kiper, Todd McShay, they don't know jack. Everything oh. is a hundred percent up in the air. So, yep. really, really exciting NFL draft news. Who do you hope in the Broncos are taking at number five, Brody? You know, if um, Saquon Barkley somehow slips, which he probably won't, um, that would be a, a great pick after, especially after the Broncos lose um, losing C.J. Anderson. Um, you, you need a new running. Yeah, where back. the heck did he go? I honestly don't know. I just saw that he's not going to be on the Broncos um, this upcoming season. So. You know, obviously got to get a replacement there. Um, maybe, you know, maybe uh, later in the draft, very, very much later in the draft, Nick Wilson, um, <laughs> who didn't get a, the combine invite, might have, yeah. you know, piqued John Elway's interest <laughs> somewhere. Um, but, you know, I, you know I, I think Broncos have a lot to improve on, maybe a solid defensive lineman, defensive back. You know, I, I think um, we could chill on the quarterback mm-hmm. um, for, because that's not, like, the immediate need um, <coughs> right now. And especially with I, – I don't think that would help the overall overall team. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, 
you know, whatever whatever player they get, we need improvements all around in Denver. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But what, what about the Colts? What are you looking well, for? Well, it for actually them out depends a lot on what the Giants and what the uh, Broncos do because mm-hmm. at first, you know, the Browns are taking a quarterback, first round, the Jets are taking a quarterback. Um, but it's interesting because the Colts need help all over, but a big help, is, a big need is uh, defensive line, which is found in Bradley Chubb. Now he's. Arguably the second, he's the best non-quarterback in the draft behind Saquon. And uh, he's, at first, the Colts traded back because they thought they could get him in uh, six. But now it's looking like the Giants might take him at two. And that could kind of screw the Colts over. But say the Giants go quarterback or Saquon or someone else at two, then it's like, well, what are the Broncos going to do? Are they going to take him to pair alongside Von Miller? Are the Browns going to take him at four to pair alongside Miles Garrett? So it's a lot more nerve-wracking now to kind of see... Because, you know, when the Colts GM made the trade, he kind of thought the draft would go one way. And I'm still not mad at him. He made a good pick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Colts have so many needs. It kind of doesn't matter where they pick. But um, it's it's just a little bit more interesting now to see what the Colts are able to kind of get out of this pick. And I, 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 I would be completely okay with if Chubb is off the board. Hey, trade down even more. Get more picks, you know. As a team in rebuild, uh, having a quarterback position solidified, just keep trading down, get picks. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I think if there's one thing in the NFL, it's not like the NBA where after you get past, like, pick five, all the players kind of become scrubs. Mm-hmm. You can find superstar talent anywhere in the NFL draft. Definitely. So uh, I, I really don't know. But it, that's what I'm saying about this draft. It, it's so up in the air. Mm-hmm. And it, it, well, we really won't know until draft day. So I'm really excited to see how this uh, NFL draft breaks down. Yeah, I want your opinion. I don't know if we've uh, talked about this specifically before, but uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, obviously. Um, I think he, he's the second coming of Drew Brees. Oh. With the attitude of uh, with a Cam Newton, he's definitely got some fire. But I don't have a problem with that. I want my quarter. I don't want my quarterback to be a wuss. Mm-hmm. You know, I want him to speak his mind and not take no crap. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, a little undersized, draws the Drew Brees comparisons. Very accurate, good enough arm, and athletic enough. You know, not going to be running around like RG3 out here, but good mm-hmm. enough, and I, I'm excited to see where what he does. I think he definitely deserves to be a first-round pick, and uh, I don't know how if a uh, number three, but we'll see, you know, because mm-hmm. with all the quarterbacks in the draft, who knows what, what's going to end up happening, but it's exciting stuff to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely would not want to be an NFL GM right now. But oh, yeah, very stressful yeah. stuff. Um, and, you know, something a, a GM would definitely decide. I, I'd also like to discuss Lamar Jackson, obviously. People were... Ooh, yeah. um, you know, a Heisman winner at Louisville, an absolute stud of a quarterback there. Uh, do you think it, it's right to try to convert him to being a wide receiver in the NFL? No, and do you think that would be yeah. successful? Or? That was so bad, I thought. I mean, you know, he's obviously madly athletic and very good, but I think he's a quarterback. And I've heard, I've thought about that argument, but uh, he's definitely a quarterback. Uh, great talent, great arm strength. And, you know, he's just needs a lot of development to be a great NFL pro, but. Uh, I think that's ridiculous to try to make this man a wide receiver, uh, and like almost pull like a reverse Julian or pull a Julian Edelman on him. But mm-hmm. uh, you know he's definitely good enough to be a, a, a professional quarterback. So hopefully, and I think that's what he'll get drafted as maybe late first round, if not second. But he'll be a quarterback drafted. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see kind of how it goes. Yeah, I wouldn't for Lamar. I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan, and yeah. I, I I could see. I, I would prefer to see him slip in the draft and, you know, go to a place that, you know, really sees something in him that he could, 
you know, you know, foster like his his own ability and you know even be a backup, whether that be Carolina behind Cam Newton or um, you know in Seattle, kind of shadowing Russell Wilson and you know get into a system that he could learn and you know whatnot, maybe not be a you know in contention for a rookie of the year if he's you know not playing or anything, but. Um, I think Lamar Jackson, you know, I, I think if he uh, could, uh, you know, fo- foster that, you know, get in, end up in the the right space, I think he can certainly make an impact as a quarterback. I would I would hate to see him convert because like, it reminds me of like kind of Denard Robinson from yeah, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, You know, he was like on the cover of NCAA football, a star athlete. Everyone had high expectations. He, he went to Jacksonville um, and was converted to a running back. Yeah. And it, it, it did not work out very no, well. No, it did not. But, uh. Anyways, moving on to kind of close out this just before this day in sports. Uh, shout out to our main man, Ben Grimm, for filling in for me last week, doing a stud of a job, mm-hmm. giving you a quick um, re uh, recap of what's going on in some hockey talk. The L.A. Golden Knights, uh, I'm not the L.A., the Vegas Golden Knights are still shocking the world right now, beating the L.A. Kings, completing that sweep, and my San Jose Sharks have overtaken the Anaheim Ducks. And as great as I would love to see it, I'm picking the Knights to beat the Sharks, I think, the Cinderella story will continue and it'll keep going. The Pittsburgh Penguins overtaking the Philadelphia Flyers, and though they will move on to play the winner of the Capitals, um, uh, Capitals Senators Senators series. <laughs> sure, we two hockey aficionados out yeah. here, and they'll move on to play the winner of that series. Then moving up, Boston and Toronto are still in contention right now, with Boston leading the series three to two, and then the. Tampa Bay Lightning overtook the New Jersey Devils, winning that series 4-1. to one. So they'll play the winner either Boston or Toronto. And then you have the Predators playing off against, oh, those might be the Senators. No, those are the Avalanche. Oh, the, no, no, the 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 Predators are playing. They beat the Avalanche. Oh, yeah. So the Predators beating the Avalanche <laughs> will go on to play, oh, I think that's Winnipeg. Oh yeah. Yeah, so they'll they'll go play Winnipeg. So the, that's kind of where we're at with hockey talk. We wish we had Ben Grimm here to sort of break it down further. Yeah. But moving on from that, bro, give us this this day in sports fact. Yeah. So on this day in sports history, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played his last regular season NBA game. Uh, kind of an iconic moment in his career. They brought him out on that like wooden throne. Uh, play, played a, um, in Los Angeles against the Seattle Supersonics. May they rest in peace. Um, rest in scored, peace. scored 10 points. You, I didn't realize how late um, Kareem played into his life, it seemed like, because just like looking. I, I remember I had seen some, like him on that um, like wooden throne thing before getting carried into his last game. But he was like kind of frail. He only scored 10 points. Kareem, it was 1989, I believe. Um, 1989. He was he was played, I feel like, in the 60s. Yeah, ex- exactly. So he was, like, super old, obviously, like, bald and everything. So, But, yeah, he played his last regular season game for the Lakers today in sports history. Um, but with that being said, um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this edition of Absolutely. the Super Sports Radio and Show. tune in next week to the last show of the 2018 yeah. spring semester. It's been one heck of a ride, and we can't wait for all the craziness and recaps sort of what this semester has been for us. But we'll see you next week. I'm Brody and Eric, Super Sports Show. Thanks for listening.